I would challenge you in how you view investments if that seems like it's too much. What you think you need, you don't actually need. It's all a game of influence. It is all a game of influence. When you focus on essentialism and you, and you work that into your life, it means a lot of cuts. It would be very easy for, for me to be like, ah, I'm not good at this right now, so I should quit. It's not the correct thought. And I made it a very powerful incentive. I ended up just becoming a beast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Journal. This is episode seven. Today is October 30th, 2020. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the new environment. Obviously, you're seeing a new little setup here with my new desk, my new chair behind me. I mean, technically, I'm in it. And then my new mic stand as well. We're gonna be talking about the new website. We're gonna be talking about video editing, how there's basically all, all of it is just psychology at the end of the day. Um, and the weekly vlog process of catching up, what I'm learning in all this, communication, cameras, technology, music, finances, notion, and why I'm a hermit right now. So actually let's start off with my setup. So you're seeing new things right now. You're seeing a new mic stand. Traditionally, it was basically a music stand, which worked at the time, but then I got sick of how it looked. So I said, fuck it, let's find a minimalistic looking stand that can operate on my desk. And I'm so fucking pleased with how this has gone so far. It can operate right beside me instead of awkwardly coming in and having just an arm in the way and then destroying my camera view, in my opinion. So this, I'm so much more liking this. And then on top of that, or it's under that is obviously a new desk. Before it was a green classic desk I had from like green gla glass desk I got on Kijiji in 2014. So I had that bad boy for six years and I was so fucking done with it. Um, so I decided to get an Ikea desk. And it's really simple. It's just a Lin Linmon with a couple of deals under. Thing with deals, by the way, there are no fucking deals like available anywhere. It is such a, a slow, but I, manufacturing wise, I have no fucking clue what they're doing, but uh, there's just such a low limited quantity of these available. So people are marking them up like ridiculous amounts. But uh, I did happen to, find a miracle and get three deals. The other one is a fucking uh, another like brand altogether, but it still works with the height. But uh, this is the new desk. I love it so much more. It is so simple, so clean. Again, following this minimalistic style design that I'm going after right now. And I really, really appreciate it. Next up, we've got the de or the chair that I'm sitting in, which is an Aaron Miller or Herman Miller Aaron. <laughs> and before I was rocking a medicine bowl and that served its purpose as well, but I'm so fucking done with that shit. I am so ready to move on to a clean setup where I can relax, but also have good posture and have the flexibility. So if I feel like one day, yo, I don't feel like being as upright anymore. I can just, okay. If I could go down, that'd be sick. There we go. Oh yes, this is my lazy stance. If I'm just not feeling like actually doing anything, but I still need to get shit done, this is how I sit. <laughs> so I'm not gonna stay like this for this though, because I need to actually feel like productive throughout this. So it's a, 
it's a beast of a chair that it's actually like the Lamborghini of chairs. And I paid $600 for this used. So they're even more expensive if you get new. Um, if I was to get this in new form, it would have cost me $2,000 Canadian. And you're probably like, holy shit, why would you spend so much money on that? And I would challenge you in how you view your chair investments. First of all, what is going on out there? I don't know if you can hear that. I was just loud as fuck and that did not sound like a plane, which I live right beside an airport, so I always hear the planes, but that was weird. Anyways, coming back to this, I would challenge you in how you view investments if that seems like it's too much. Because it's not just an investment in a chair, it's an investment in your long-term health, it's an investment in a quality of chair that will last you literally decades. <laughs> it is also an investment in your comfort and in your productivity. It's also literally designed with your health in mind. Like there are just too many reasons why this is the best or one of the best chairs on the market. So, oh boy, um, where to begin? It's like a meshish material. It, it ends up being like a shit ton of zippers, it looks like, <laughs> but it just grabs you and just, it just holds you so nice. I'm being hugged perpetually. It's amazing. I love this chair. It allows me the ability to move my legs outward like this. You can't see it, but I need this ability. And this is why this, this specific setup works fucking amazing for me right now, because I've got the ability to move my legs out and just be naturally like this. This is how I am. It's a dominant power position that I like to stay in. And I'm very fucking stressed when I cannot do that. So it's to have me be able to naturally express my body like that, everything. On the old desk, I had like my legs getting hit by glass. That sounds so bad. Like sounds like open glass, but just like um, mini, like um, I guess you could say like a lower shelf or whatever would hit it on, on the bottom of my leg. And it was just so uncomfortable with this because it's so minimalistic. There's just the legs and a fucking tabletop. And uh, yeah, so I'm really enjoying this right now. I am sitting at this desk so much more because I am so much more comfortable here. Like I, it was literally driving me fucking mental being in my bed working. That was my old setup. I would just like prop pillows against my back, work, and then fucking go downstairs if I needed to switch things up and just go sit at a table type of thing. But this is phenomenal. I'm in, I'm in love with this. I'm also in love with this fucking mic stand. It's so simple, but oh my God, simplicity is everything. I also paid extra for an Amazon desk. And then I ended up returning it because this is just such a better, I got it for like half the price of the Amazon desk and it's just so much better. Like, wow. I'm just, yeah, I could nerd out about this all fucking day long, but especially this fucking chair, man, this chair is everything. I can't like it literally will last me until like, uh, 2030. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. So anyways, it ends up paying for itself over time. That's why it's absolutely worth it because it's like such high quality material that will, it will age phenomenally well. And all of the cheaper chairs you'd have to buy in that type of time span, you'd actually save money if you buy a high quality chair like this, than going on the cheaper route and having to replace it so often. Plus your back will save you will, you will save money down the road um, in back uh, recovery, I guess you could say, or like 
chiropractic or whatever, whatever you end up having to do because you were cheap now type of thing. So it's very much a long-term investment for that. So let's talk about social life real quick. I don't feel like doing anything, going anywhere. This isn't, I mean, it's sort of related to how comfortable I am here. Let's, let's be honest here, <laughs> but I am so fucking done with like seeing people right now. All I really care about is work. And by the way, there was a reason that I got this desk and this chair. It's because it's an incentive. It was an incentive, um, two, two rewards that I won. And I'll get, I'll get to that in a, in a few moments of what I ended up doing to get these things. And it's also an incentive that keeps on giving to itself because if I invest back in myself, now I'm so comfortable here and I enjoy this so much and I'm sitting down at my desk to work so much more, which ends up making me work more. And I end up creating more results that end up giving me more opportunities to create even more incentives. And it's just a forever going back and forth in a great way, a spiral upwards that I love so much. But the, the hermit, I am literally a hermit right now. And it's, it's related to that, but it's also, I am just not feeling hanging out with really anyone right now. I don't really want to see people. Um, the closest I've really got to seeing anyone in recent couple, past couple weeks, everything is, um, my cousin passed away, rest in peace, Chris. And I was seeing the family for that. But if that was not the case, I would definitely have not seen the family for that. And then I'm, I committed to helping my, my Nana moved tomorrow. So I will see the family for that as well. And then, yeah, so basically just moving stuff. And then unfortunately a death, but, and which is totally fine, by the way. Um, I'm not like someone who hardcore grieves. Uh, I appreciate the time I had with my cousin, Chris. And yeah, it was, uh, I have some fond memories of him and I'm grateful that I had the, the time with him that I did. So moving on to Hermit stuff though, because I keep talking about different stuff. I am so disinterested in like even social media. That is such a waste of time for me right now. I just can't. I feel like I am just throwing time directly in the garbage when I'm spending too much time with people right now. What makes me happiest is absolutely working. Period. End of story. Like I literally wish I could just move in a mountain right now and just see no one. Like I live with my mom and my sister right now. I wish I didn't even have to see them. No shade to them. I just, it's me. It's not anyone. It's literally just me. So, um, yeah, for social media, I literally go on like a couple times a week at max right now. It's the least I've ever gone on social media just because I am choosing to honor myself and what makes me happy. And what makes me happy right now is being solo and getting stuff done, especially um, big tasks that I've been putting off. So first and foremost, why did I get myself the chair? I used it as an incentive and I made it a very powerful incentive because I was so sick and tired of that ball that I ended up just becoming a fucking beast. I was very impressed with what I turned into specifically on the essentialism side. I have a part of me that I'm forever working on which is I love to focus on the inessential sometimes. And it's something that I'm working on right now um, because when you focus 
on the essential. When you focus on essentialism and you, and you work that into your life, it means a lot of cuts. It means you've, you're going to stop pursuing that which is not essential, the inessential. And that's tough for someone like moi who wants to have everything done type of thing. So in this specific example, the website, I was working on my personal website. And this is something I started back in like June or whatever. It's been a, it's been a long, a long or unnecessarily long development for such a simple thing. But I made it take a long time because I didn't have the right incentives and I cared too much about perfection of all the, all the things around that. So what I told myself is I could allow myself to get this chair once I got up a rough version of the website. Didn't need to be a perfect thing. Just had to be good enough that I could go up and it would at least have the content aspect of things. And the personal website, by the way, the whole point of it is number one, to share more about me, who I am, where you can find me, type of thing. Number two, host all of the content that I put out. And I will get to that as time goes on. It's not like filled out yet, but it's just like it's built for that to be the case. And number three, um, it's also for holding my services that I offer. Things like video editing, things like design, things like energy work, notion consulting, all types of stuff like that. So for me, I launched with things incomplete and in a good way. It's not like incomplete, like, oh my God, I shouldn't have launched, which actually was some, one of my friends, my, uh, my friend Zach. He, he recommended that I don't launch right away. And I'm like, bro, I do see where you're coming here. And I do understand that you're trying to do things correctly with SEO. But I know if I wait too long, I'm going to lose this completely. And I'm going to not want to launch altogether. And then it will just be, it will just be problematic. And I'll, lo I'll lose the fire and it just won't be a good thing. So I launched and I ran with the imperfection. And this was like the sixth website I think I've launched in my, in my life. And it really like highlighted for me that what you think you need, you don't actually need on your launch. It's software. You can launch and change it after. After you can launch and improve it. That's the beautiful thing about something that is forever changing, forever growing. And this is definitely the case with that, especially with that one tool that I found with like redirects and stuff like that. So you can change the URLs and then it'll patch it up for you perfectly. Like that stuff so good to me. So um, I'm excited to have this website up and I, I am one of the most things I'm excited for is definitely the ability to write blog posts, these short blog posts like Seth Godin, for example. I'm not probably going to sit there and become like a writer, but I am, I have so many thoughts and I don't always need to put them in video form or podcast, but it can also be useful to put in like uh, things that are too long for tweets, for example, but could be useful for a blog. Um, and Seth Godin's blog was always the inspiration to get started on blogging. The man puts out a piece of content every day around uh, his blog. So it's remarkable. I'm, I'm very impressed with his writing style and how he approaches essentialism, whether he calls that 
in that or not doesn't really matter it's what he definitely practices and it's highly impressive so honestly i've struggled with this even in my i've put up two posts so far and it's already the the first one was i wrote a couple a few months ago type of thing called uh one going on 10,000 type of thing, which is around like reps and stuff like that. So I posted that as my first piece of content there. And then second was my response to what I would change about the Queen's Gambit, which was phenomenal, by the way. I'll get into that later in the episode. But yeah, it's a lot tougher than it seems. I thought it was going to be a lot easier, but it is tough writing concise and essentialism-based blog posts. It's so easy to ramble on. It's so easy to not close the point real quick. It's so easy to incorporate other points and that can fuck me over if I'm trying to keep things essential. So that's the struggle so far and I'm I'm going to get better at that as time goes on, but I've got to start out and be bad and that's okay. That's good, actually, because if I am being, quote unquote, bad, it is an opportunity for me to, number one, make the transition from where I am to where I will be even better. So that's a that's a blessing in itself. But also just to put in reps and and grow my abilities It's exciting. It's exciting because each time, because it, it would be very easy for, for me to be like, ah, I'm not good at this right now, so I should quit. It's not the correct thought. The correct thought is I am not good at this yet, so I'm going to keep going, put in more reps and watch my skill grow with me. All right. I touched on, so just to come full circle on that, um, the... You should definitely, if you're trying to launch something, launch with less than you think you need because you definitely don't need everything you everything you everything that you think you need. And you should set up timelines and incentives to make that project more clear on what those priorities are. For me, like once I introduced that that incentive, I was like, okay, let's do a week. And I just went from four months of basically doing nothing on that website to putting it out in a single week. It was crazy. Lists on lists, like I was just checking things off, checking things off and checking more things off. And it was very like systematic in nature and stepped out in a very like strategic way, which I recommend as well. And then I realized like half of the things on my list I didn't need to get launched. And then I would implement them later if they became a priority. So it's prioritization is an ongoing battle for me, but I'll eventually get quite good. But um, when you have timelines, when you have incentives, they build urgency, but they also make things clear what those priority. It makes it clear what the priority is and it makes it clear what doesn't matter very fast, very, very, very fast. So anyways, I'm pleased with the design. It's not perfect. Like I was saying, like there are definitely things that should be changed. Even the services is not ready yet, but um, cause it's not a currently my focus and I'll touch more on why that's not my focus in a moment, but it's, uh, it's a clean website. I love the card design, um, made some cool things happen on the website. And then it's also just a 
great, great uh, practice of blogging and crystallizing my thoughts even more. This is what this is as well. It's just an opportunity for me to continue getting better at everything to do with communicating my ideas. Now, as much as I would love to put out a blog a day like Seth, I can't right now. It's not my priority. My priority is absolutely content catch up. Now, in the process of catching up on content, I am actively studying what I can do to make my videos better. Not just sitting there and analyzing my own videos, but also studying under some awesome creators as well. Studying under meaning if they make something, I am probably studying it. I am watching a lot more vlogs than I normally would because I want to adopt what, so I'm not necessarily going to steal every little thing, but I'm just like understanding why they do what they do when they do. And it's fascinating. And it's really showing me that YouTube is just a massive game of psychology. I've been studying specifically Hayden Hillier Smith, who is Logan Paul's video editor. And oh my God, this is where I got specifically the psychology lesson from after watching him break down everything that's going on in one of his videos, for example. I was just like, this is, it's all a game of influence. It is all a game of influence. So it's really just about like, how can you keep up retention on that video and your session time and optimizing every little thing that goes on to keep your data high, basically. It's crazy. It's fucking insane. So especially when he was breaking down the Mr. Beast video with that giving away an island and how much is going into the filming, the video editing, the pacing, speed, the rewards inside of a video, how he frames up a, an ad, for example, or in his specific video in, uh, in Hayden's as he edits for Logan Paul, for example, how he does the L cuts and the J cuts to give you just enough information to process it as you get one thing at a time, rather than both audio and video changing at once. It's little things like this, man. It is just a crazy psychological game. And I just, I, I was mind blown at, at all of this. So for me, I'm really detaching from how I thought things were supposed to be in terms of, I was very romantic about making sure that things in my videos weren't too clickbaity, weren't too high energy, were more so, it's like Weekly V, for example, versus Logan Paul vlog. Like Logan Paul's energy is fucking bouncing off the walls when he's making a vlog versus Gary Vaynerchuk's energy is much more grounded and zen. And it's funny because Logan is, I think, like that off camera, but they shoot in very different styles. And I definitely skew towards Gary's side of things, but there's also things I can take from the short, fast-paced vlogs. And after watching enough of Hayden Hillier Smith, I was just blown away. And then once you develop 
the foundation after watching some videos like that and you've understood the ground principles, the foundational, the basics, all those types of things, you can start to build your own foundation strong enough where you can watch other things and be like, oh, that's that thing that he talked about. And oh, here's this cool thing. And then and then you start to layer on top of that new things that you're discovering purely from being in the game and observing others as well. So you're like, you can only build this found up as you can only build as high up as your foundation is deep is something that was once told to me. And I think it's factual as fuck. So in this case, you have to understand the the ground, the ground rules, I guess you could say, of psychology and video. And then once you get that, you can start adding more and more advanced things, both in your own observations of other people, as well as you just creating new things through experiments and stuff like that. And oh my God, like it's it's just exciting to start learning all these types of things and, and then level up my own quality of output because it's absolutely happening right now. I'm watching it happen in real time. So it's basically I'm in the process of just, well, yeah, I'm in the process of catching up on the process, which is my weekly vlog. And I put myself in another annoying asshole, but it is an opportunity for me to grow as a video creator at a fast, fast rate. So what's going on right now is I have a significant gap between present time right now, which is October 30th, right? And the last video I have posted and specifically the content in that. So that's why I'm measuring that day of like, hey, so for example, I think it was like June. <laughs> what day is it? I think it's like June uh, 19th is the last day I've posted for footage. Whereas like I posted that like a week ago or two weeks ago or something like that. Um, so that's how I'm measuring this. And I have a, I am literally, I have a countdown that is measuring in reverse the gap that I have between where that day was, the last footage I've posted, and then the present day, as well as another one for the last day I've edited in the present day, along with a counter to plus, plus one every time I basically like a tally system, except, uh, there's no tallies. It's just a number. So it's counter <laughs> and uh, it's for days edited and then days live. Obviously days live being in seven at the seven increments, everything. So it'll go seven and then 14, then 21 because it's a weekly vlog. So that's that's how that goes. So with this, though, I am at 131 days until I'm caught up on published and then 106 days until I'm caught up on editing. Now, this seems like so much if you think that I hardcore vlog for, for every day throughout that, which is not the case because as time went on, I got less and less interested in vlogging because I was like sensing I was getting behind and I'm like, fuck this basically. So at around 60 days, like I think I stopped, I stopped on, I really stopped. I think, uh, mid, mid August or like first of no, it was September, beginning of September. I really just like press, press on the brakes a little bit just to really start focusing on highlight vlogging, which is if something really significant is happening, yes, I will start recording for that. But if it's just day to day grind, like I don't need to capture that. But here and there, it's nice to just quickly press record, give an update of what's going on, which is what I've been doing in the past 
little bit. Like for example, I showed the creation of the published gap and the editing gap and stuff like that. And then I, I just do this throughout as long as it takes to get caught up and it, it makes it easier because as time goes on, it'll get significantly, it'll be significantly less content for me to edit. And then I will end up eventually hitting a point where I'm like, I'm caught up. It's amazing. I'm so, I'm so looking forward to that. And the reason I'm looking forward to that is not only because it will be awesome to be like, wow, I'm caught up. It's great. But it's more so like, there's a few things. Number one, freedom. That is number one for me right now. Like I crave the freedom of losing the baggage of, I have to edit this right now. And I have to edit this older content. You can see it as it comes over my face right there. It's so discouraging recording, knowing that you are like two, three, four months behind. It's fucking awful. Even a couple weeks behind kind of sucks. I want to record and then edit immediately and then put that shit on YouTube or podcast or wherever I choose to post. <sighs> I crave that so much. And the ability to create whatever I feel like. That's the freedom that goes along with that. That's powerful stuff. And that's important to me because this is how things like the vlog came around. And I'm so passionate about the vlog because it's just so much. It's just an interesting way of, of me documenting my reality while also it being entertaining and fun to watch. And it's just, I love the vlog. And uh, that came because I was caught up on my content and I was in present time and I quickly created a, another hole for myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out, shout out Weekly V for uh, being the inspiration for that Weekly V001, which was really fucking cool, by the way, because I watched Weekly V a in the last couple of days, just I was flipping through it. I'm just like, wow, this is good. But boy, I am really leveling up my vlogs and I feel like I am close to hitting Weekly V level. Feel free to tell me if I'm not. I would love to know, but it feels like I am. I'm, I'm just watching everything level up right now. It's insane. And I'll get to the leveling up more in a second. But in addition to the freedom, the other incentive is a camera. And I cannot fucking wait to get a camera for a bunch of different reasons, which I will definitely get into later in the show. But I am leveling up tremendously right now. For example, the process 25 was just a game changer for me. That, oh God, I had to actually stop myself after the process 25 because I'm like, I'm going to, I need to pause and make sure the process 22 to 25 are ready to go put on YouTube type of thing, like edited audio audios like fix up and everything, like making sure I'm doing all the dividers in between for days, um, doing the descriptions, the titles, the thumbnails, which by the way, I've scrapped the fucking timestamps and the transcriptions just because it's, it was holding me back. So I'm like, fuck this, you're gone for the time being. I'll come back later and do them all because it's important eventually, but I had to go. And I, uh, I'm trying to do the titling and the descriptions now from memory, which is very important because it is after I'm done recording and editing, I've spent enough time from my own memory where I can remember the main things that were most memorable. Now, with the timestamps, I would go in 
and then quickly be like, yo, this is, this is a key. This is not a key type of thing. And then I would look at the keys after. And from that, I would create the most relevant title description, etc., by just like looking back and forth and trying to figure out something. With this, I am trying to estimate based on what was most memorable after I recorded and edited it and watched enough previews as well. So it's almost like a, a low key hack because it tells me, yo, this was the most memorable theme from the video and this is what was most interesting. And if I can look into my own mind and tell myself like this was the most interesting thing, that's probably going to be more of an incentive for people to click in because that's probably what they were probably looking for as well. So that was interesting. Um, but in the process of all that, I had the ability to look at O22 to O25. Boy, it is, in my opinion, night and fucking day. I was, I was actually amazed to go after. So I'll explain in a second what I did with O25, but O22, a couple months ago, I think I edited it, something like that. Um, I think 23 after that was just like more recent type of thing. But there was such a different mindset going into that. There was just a lot of fear of losing clips and stuff like that. Versus O25, I, I edited the first day and then I went through and I clipped a bunch of things and I was like, fuck, I still have so much footage and I was at like an hour 20 to everything I was like fuck this like I'm I'm going to oh really key thing I chose music that I was in love with so I chose I went on epidemic sounds and just selected like exactly what I love right now which is lo-fi slash jazz like the combination of the two I think it's called like jazz hopper jazz step wait no jazz step sounds like something else Anyways, it's it's like chill hop with a jazzy feel type of thing. It's beautiful. Shout out Lo-Fi. I fucking love it. So I chose incredible songs and then I was much more interested to actually do the editing. And then once I went through, I just made so many cuts. I got rid of so much bullshit. I cut so many ums, so many so's, so many uhs and unnecessary transitions, which... Again, I'll get into a little bit later because I want to talk about communication, but boy, there was so much stuff that was cut. And in addition to me cutting like a bunch of random, dumb, pointless transitions that I do verbally, which I, it might be useful. It's not useful to put in the vlog. So it might be just useful in the day-to-day -day sense. And uh, <laughs> as I transition, <laughs> but <laughs> the meta-ness of it all, I love it. But um, where was I going with this? So I ended up cutting like significant bits as well, like that were not actually significant, but I mean significant in size. There was rambling just going on about things that seemed relevant to me at the time, but were obviously not because I ended up making them get, uh, get trashed. So... <laughs> It's, it's tough for me still, this whole cutting process, but this vlog just grew me in so many ways. I felt like I was being more creative. I felt like it was 
fun. I felt like it was entertaining, interesting. It was the most engaged I've ever been in actually watching a preview of my vlog. I wanted to just like keep watching. It was crazy. I got sucked in basically to my own fucking footage. What's cool though is like, this is going to be probably just a decent video in the long term and it'll end up being, so it's, it's my best work so far on a vlog right now. And yet it will be probably like decent at best long term because I'm forever just leveling up with this. Each vlog, I get so much better. And that's why I made sure like the other ones are ready to go and uploaded um, or not, they're not uploaded at this point, but they're already like everything's basically done. The titles, the descriptions, the uh, all of the thumbnails and stuff like that is because like each one gets better and the better I get, the more I don't want to post them. Like I don't actually want to post the process 22 right now. It's very uninteresting to me or disinteresting to me to post this right now. I would I wish I could just post only the present time. But uh, I need to honor this part of my journey because someday people are going to wonder, how did I get so good? And I need to show them the evolution of each fucking vlog and how I get better every single time. That's part of it. It's also why I don't want to get rid of my old vlogs from uh, the process 20 to the process five that I haven't aired yet. Those need to get aired at some point. I think I'm just going to, after watching Weekly V, I think I'm just going to cut up some some relevant highlights in those and just send it off because like yeah I, I think it'd be interesting like that man we'll see we'll see what I end up doing but that's currently like the plan but this this fucking 025 man it just grew me so much because I'm I'm just forced to and also like I forgot to mention this the communication style each time I am vlogging my communication style is leveling, leveling up, especially because I was actively focusing on it at that point. So that was just, it's just changing so much each, each fucking vlog, especially back then. So yeah, I also forgot to mention using songs you like is so fucking important because it makes the editing process so much easier. It's a very boring thing sitting there and editing sometimes. And it, if you're sitting there with music you love, which is not really something you can do when you're editing, unless you are editing with no music. But if you're editing with music, you kind of need the music that's playing to be on. So that is why I can't really edit without, with uh, even if you're just doing like just voice, it's still kind of distracting. So anyways, with this though, you're just like continuously listening to gangster music. It's fucking great. So yeah. What else can I say on this? Let me check my notes real quick. I feel that I'm just definitely leveling up a lot. I like that I'm making a lot of sacrifices and going forward, I'm just gonna keep applying more and more essentialism to my edits, to my filming as well, to my storytelling, which is kind of a challenge right now because my communication is not nearly as good as my video editing and I feel like I need all four, four being film, video editing, and storytelling and communication to truly thrive on YouTube and some other stuff like the titling and the, the thumbnails. I throw it off like it's nonchalant. It fucking matters probably more than the actual video. But then once you get them in, you need to make sure the content is fucking amazing. So Anyways, so in the process of this, I am actively trying to get better at communication, even though like I feel like even in times like this, 
I was, I'm, I've been rambling. And even this is the second time I'm recording this, by the way, I recorded this in the morning of, of today. And actually, am I even recording right now? Thank God I am. Okay. <laughs> Scared. So this is the second time I'm recording this because the first time I felt like I went too all over the place, a little bit too crazy. I wasn't grounded enough and I made way too many left and right turns then just left back, right back. It was just like a fucking mess all over the place. Too many, I was too attached to segues and then my segues fucked me over. Whereas I learned that you can just like be like, hey, I'll talk about that in a minute, which is why I keep doing this in this episode. So real time lessons for you real quick. But I am actively trying to cut out bullshit from my vocabulary. I don't need to say and, um, so, or other unnecessary things, even though I keep saying and tremendously this episode, it's pretty fucked, but I am, I am working on it. <laughs> I can really just let the silence do its work. I don't need to fill in everything with um. This is so tough, but yeah, see, I just did it again. But yeah, it's, we do this instinctually. It's transition words, but sometimes the transition leads to nothing like a, but yeah, that's not useful. So I am trying to get better at that. I'm trying to repeat points less. Like I was fucking repeating a ton in the first and I'm just, it's, it's not useful. And I, I repeat when I don't have a clear next move of where to transition or where to close. So I've got to work on that. What else do we have in here? Did I mention how I was minimal vlogging? Cause that is definitely the case right now. I definitely mentioned it now that I think about it. Um, I also have been actively trying to just not record at all because every time I record, I just have like pain. Because I know I'm just adding to the queue of things where I'm really behind in and it just hurts me. It really does. So I am trying to trying to just not record or if I have to record, not have to. If I choose to record very minimally, it's very, very rare that I actually press record on the camera now and for good reason. I've also paused interviews, which, I, by the way, I did an interview with Azel. Good shit. And uh, I I fucking love that guy, man. Giuseppe's a fucking... I just, he's a, he's a great human. I, I'm very, very grateful that I am very close friends with him. Actually, not even just close friends. They're definitely like best friends at this point. I fucking love that guy. He's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I forgot to say, uh, this whole not recording thing is also low-key fucking me over because it's a muscle that I have in my, in my mouth, right? Every time I'm talking. So, boy, I am starting to develop the mumbles again. <laughs> I was getting so good and I have just, I think I've lost it. So I had to retrain that as time goes on and really over enunciate everything. This is literally how I got good at not mumbling. I just, just over, over enunciate everything. Over enunciate. <laughs> that probably looks fucking ridiculous. All right, let's talk about cameras real quick. The reason why, or one of the reasons why I'm so motivated right now to get caught up in addition to the freedom piece is absolutely the camera. So last I talked about the camera, 
the incentive is still the same. Camera, camera, Canon M50 <laughs> Mark One or two rather. So at the time I said Mark One was the only one out, which is still currently the case. We've got about less than 30 days till that's not true anymore. The Mark II was announced in the last couple of weeks, three weeks type of thing. And it ended up being around 2K if I was to get all my lenses and equipment and everything like that in addition to the camera, plus, excuse me, the warranty that kind of just have to, like I can't, that scares me getting a camera without a warranty, especially because I feel like I could be clumsy with shit like that. So the announcement was, I was so excited at first and then I just completely missed all of the feature updates, which were nothing basically. There was just firmware it seemed like, which is fucking weird. So it's basically a software change and the hardware stayed exactly the same, which was really disappointing to me because I was so discouraged by the idea of having a 4K video with only 24 frames per second just by itself, but then it crops for 1.6 X or whatever, which is a problem for me. I can't do that. So I, if I was to get that, I would just wouldn't use the 4K, I don't think. And the fucking autofocus is ugh, bad, very bad on the, on the Mark II. Or not the Mark II, the fucking, the 4K. Um, so yeah, the Mark, the Mark II announcement was so disappointing and so little changed that I decided to start comparing and researching specs and going crazy on all the different things I could learn about cameras and what would be the most ideal for me. And I ended up coming to things like the Sony A6-4000, a6400, I forget what it is, something like that. And that was sick, but then I'm like, this is missing, I think, in-body stabilization, if I recall correctly, and that was a deal breaker for me. What it did have, which is very important and set me on another tangent to find these, was it recorded beyond 30 minutes. I didn't realize like the M50 couldn't even do that. Most cameras can't do that. It's only, only a very small select handful of cameras that have the ability to go past 30 for tax, various tax reasons and stuff like that. But yeah, man. So I let, I went to the, I researched the A6600 by Sony. Um, I researched some Panasonic cameras, some, some Fuji uh, film cameras, and I ultimately found the GH5 through a Reddit, a Reddit um, thread, I guess you could say. And the GH5 is a fucking beast. I am, it's almost two times the, the price of what I'd pay with a Mark II total type of thing with the equipment and tax and all that shit. But it will be so worth it if I actually do this, because if I do do this, it will be so worth it because I will have put in the money and then stayed the course versus it, it's a, it's, it goes back to the long-term investment that I was talking about earlier. If I am to invest the money, should I not invest and invest right rather than invest in something less 
that will have to be replaced in short short order. Like if I get the M50, I can't really keep that for long because I will have the challenge of the 4K issue within the next couple of years when 4K supersedes 1080p. So I, I this is my dilemma. But man, it's like Casey Neistat has this camera and I've been in love with Casey Neistat's cameras for the longest time. And it's just like, wow, like I might actually be able to have the same quality as Casey right out the gate. That's exciting. Also, my buddy Tyler Ferreira has it and I fucking love Tyler's work as well. I talk about him way too often on this on this podcast and vlog. <laughs> I don't even think he realizes it. Fucking love that guy. But uh, yeah, it's it's exciting, man. I really, really want this, even though it's going to push things a little bit tight financially, but it's an investment. I'm, I'm paying for something that's going to age phenomenally well as I, because like, what's the, re, what's the alternative here? Just no camera? I mean, I could continue doing everything on a iPhone, which is what I've been doing so far. And that's where I have developed much of my storytelling skills and my vlogging skills and stuff like that, which are still early in their, in their evolution, but they're getting fucking better all the time, which I'm excited about. I got a little bit competitive there. I don't know why I'm kind of just imagine someone else saying anyways, <laughs> but it's very clear to me as well that there is no amount of equipment that will fix the story or there is no amount of equipment that will fix things like insecurities and stuff like that. If you have insecurities and you go to record, you just won't. If you have pro problems with the story and problems with communicating and you go to record, it just won't come out right because it's just going to speed up and expose whatever is. But with my situation, I am actively growing in my storytelling ability, in my communication style, in my production, not from a camera perspective, but the, the actual like output of everything. So for me, this is like my equipment is going to be growing with me. And I'm excited about that. I am excited about that. So there is, of course, the the dilemma of like, once I start getting a camera like this, it's like, can my fucking laptop even handle consistent 4K? Do I record in 4K, 60? Cause it can do 60 FPS. That's fucking amazing. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you're aware of how good 60 FPS is with that shit on a 4K plus, oh, all the things. So actually let me get into why I'm so excited about this camera. For sure. the. The 60 FPS with 4K is beautiful, but I don't even know if my, my camera, my laptop can handle that at that point. So we'll find out. I have to do some more tests on that. But for me, it's definitely the the blurred background, which is called bokeh or bokeh or whatever the fuck it's pronounced as. It's beautiful. And that lens I've talked about in past videos that I was going to get with the M50 Mark II, I can also get with the Panasonic Lumix GH5. So I am excited the fuck about that. Um, the only thing it's really not that great in is the, uh, the low light. So I had to figure out a way to get around that, but I have seen a little bit. Okay, why is my nose so fucking itchy all of a sudden? I promise I don't do coke. <laughs> I promise. It's disgusting. I will die without doing coke, I promise. At least I hope, at least I hope. <laughs> I've definitely never done it today, so trying to die without coke. Side notes. <laughs> so um, the low light, I watched a video on it. If you just get the right lens and just use the the uh, ISO, I think it is correctly, 
you can definitely get some nice look. I almost just died. <clears throat> some nice low light. Um, <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> some light, nice low light shots. So that's exciting. Um, the can, the fucking, it's just like built for YouTubers. Apparently that's what at least Casey Neistat said. And I had, I just want it so bad. I can't wait. You know what I'm most excited for? This grain to be removed. I don't know if you can see like grain right around here or there, any dark spots on my wall type of thing, or just dark spots in general. They just introduced grain and I want to die on the inside. It's so bad. I cannot stand grain. It's, oh God, it just kills me completely. And you see it a ton in my vlogs and it makes me fucking sad. The great thing with this is like, once I figure out these fucking ISO settings, um, you can also tweak them on the go. Like that was a problem with uh, the A6, sick, the A6000 model uh, series basically, is that all of the, what are they called? Adjustable screens, they all went up for whatever reason as if the mics are not on top everything. It made no sense. It's literally not built for a vlogger whatsoever. So, but on the on the uh, GH5, it comes out to the side. So it, it's a perfect flip for a vlogger. It is obviously way more expensive than like the M50, for example, which is a, a much more cost-effective version, but it's just got that, that beautiful practicality that you can use for your gimbal or your um, tripod. I'll probably use the tripod to start. That's my current thing. And yeah, it's beautiful, man. But yeah, a, a really story is not fixed. Like there's no amount of equipment that will fix a good story. And like story just supersedes all of the equipment. And even though I am excited about, excited about my equipment, it's more so because it allows me to help continue telling my story um, with hopefully more views, hopefully more impact that comes from the views and like obviously more subscribers and stuff like that. People that stick around. I just want people to get value from this. This is like, that's, that's literally all I care about. It's just, am I helping people? It means the world to me. All right, let's talk about what have we, what have we not talked about yet? So we talked about da, 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 making lists. Yes. Thumbnails. Cool. I'm also leveling, trying to level up my thumbnail game right now, which means it'll be even easier when I have a camera because I'll be able to fucking finally mask this fucking hair, man. It is a nightmare. If you have curly hair, you know what I'm talking about. It's so hard to mask this shit. I can't. All right. Music. I love jazz. I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, this is basically all I've listened to in the last week. It's fucking phenomenal. Oh, lo-fi jazz as well makes me just like lose my shit. Not even lose my shit. I'm not losing my shit at all. I'm more just like... <sighs> Kendall Miles is probably my favorite artist that makes lo-fi and jazz at the same time. It's called obviously Jazz Hop. I think I talked about this earlier already, but phenomenal stuff. Uh, I also still like scores a lot. So basically all I listen to is lo-fi jazz and some cinematic stuff, a little bit of DMB there. Basically don't listen to dubstep at all. I don't really give a shit about dubstep. I might retire from festivals. I've been thinking about this. It might, I might've attended my last music festival for a while because they're just, this. they are just distractions for me from taking away from what I enjoy most, which is working, which is creating, which is having an impact on other people. I'm not really like that interested in going into a crowd and dealing with like everything that goes into that right now. I'm just, 
Could could not care less. So I'll evaluate that as time goes on, but it's definitely on my radar of possibilities. I'm just like, dude, I've I've literally unfollowed all of the producers that I don't know right now. Like I just do not give a fuck about music currently beyond uh or in the dubstep scene specifically or EDM. Like I just I just don't care. But it is nicer to listen to softer sounds right now. Like I was even fucking with house a little bit. But dubstep, I'm just it's strange. I'm so glad I didn't launch Beauty in the Bass or any more music things. Like even poor Eusebi Flow, he's like, yo, I'm like so excited for you to react to my next mix, fully knowing that uh, his next mix is coming out like the next two weeks, everything. No way I'm reacting to that. I don't even listen to a single dubstep song usually that's like anything new. I sometimes listen to like Void 1 point or just Void Vol 1 or like older stuff, but like, man, I'm just so, so over the the classic not classic the the newer sounds right now i'm just i'm so bored it's such such cookie cutter shit from my perspective and i'm just much more intrigued by softer more loving sounds and jazz is definitely at the top of my list currently it's beautiful shout out brian for listening to jazz one day and then me stealing his fucking thing on spotify his his playlist all right finances with the camera stuff, obviously I am trying to be in the setup stuff and like the mic stand, the desk, the chair. I'm trying to be very thoughtful. I haven't done a great job of tracking my finances, but one thing I've done really well in the past little bit is I have applied a mental budget in my mind. So having the numbers, I, even though I didn't track them and they will get tracked very, very, very soon, um, it, it really helps having this mental budget to apply this this pressure positively. So I am trying to be more frugal. Asking myself, for example, if I'm driving down the road, see McDonald's, I have every option to go to that McDonald's. But if I have the $50 cap of fun, quote unquote, is what I call it, that reduces my ability to, or reduces my incentive. What is the word I'm looking for? It like takes away from my desire to want to go get that McDonald's because I'm like, in one meal, I might be taking up half of my entire fun money for the month. So I think I stay within that this, this month and uh, shout out groceries though. Cause like, if I really want a burger bad enough, I can get like six burgers at, at like Zara's for example, at like a, at a similar cost of like a Big Mac, I think, or something like that. Or I, I'm probably bullshitting with that. So take that with a grain of salt, but maybe like, three to one type of thing. And I'd much rather that because I'll get a healthier return on my investment right there as well. It's so fucking good. Oh, it's great. And I love my chicken burgers a lot right now. It's really that. Yeah. In the past month, I love. (laughs) All right. And then Notion real quick. Um, Have barely been developing Notion. I've, I've really taken approach of giving myself an opportunity and the gift of just taking a step back from the building and letting myself just really go full tilt on the content right now. And that's, I've enjoyed the hell out of it. It's, I was getting burned out on Notion because it felt like I was throwing all of my time into building systems that helped me get shit done, but I wasn't using the systems to help me get shit done. Now the systems are working for me to help me get shit done. Now I'm like, okay, I can start tweaking again. I started tweaking literally three days ago or something like that, I, I watched an August Bradley video and I was just like, 
This man is so smart. <laughs> I love, I love him so much. He's great. Um, he seems like a really sweet dude too. I would like to be friends with him at some point. So August, we're going to be friends sometime, sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, such a thoughtful, su such a thoughtful systems thinker, designer, creator. And I, I'm so enjoying watching his climb as he, uh, as he just starts dominating in, in business. And I, I don't know hundred percent his backstory. He might've already quote unquote dominated in business, but I'm just, I'm loving how fast he like launched and then, and has just been crushing it since like, what is it? March or whatever. He started making videos. Yeah. He, he really inspires the fuck out of me. Um, both from a, a creative standpoint, but also just like the way he looks at notion, just beautiful, fucking beautiful. So watching his video made me realize areas might actually be useless in terms of tasks. So I disconnected things like that. I'm trying to simplify tasks. I'm trying to take away the status potentially, make that potentially automated um, just for a natural flow of like, hey, I haven't touched this for a while. And now it becomes pause rather than me having to physically go in and press like a pause button, stuff like that. And or how can I throw a task in a database and have it done or ready to do when it's properly ready to do. Um, because I have so many tasks that I just throw in and then think I'll get to them later and then I, they get lost and then I'd never see them again. So I'm trying to build out statuses as well as views and systems that deal with that. I'm trying to get very clear on the, the actual true life cycle of a task and how I can hit at every single point there to make sure the right things get done and then the wrong things get discarded. Wrong things meaning like an inessential. It all goes back to essentialism always right now. It's fucking crazy. So I'm trying to improve the flow of my my tasks. Also in trying to improve the, the projects, how they work together. I'm trying to simplify areas, tags. Um, what else, man? Libraries working phenomenally. Um, it's really helping me get a lot. Like I'm listening to a shit ton of podcasts right now. And uh, yeah, that's that's working so fucking well. That's beautiful. And then JMHQ is just a great view. If I, if I haven't talked about this yet, it's just like my new dashboard where everything's like, everything's very like by design. Um, you're only seeing like the main databases, everything else you have to press in and see other pages too. If that didn't make any sense, but <laughs> you're seeing the essential things that you need to see consistently and everything else is hidden basically. So I'm, I'm very pleased at how things are going. I'll talk more about this maybe another time, but JMHQ is beautiful. I love the way it's progressing and will continue progressing as I simplify and focus on essentialism even more. I love it. Life is good. How many, how am I for time right now? Oh, I am definitely past an hour. <laughs> Whoopsie. All right. Uh, final thing. Two final things. Number one, Jupiter. I don't know if you're familiar with astrology. I say it like I'm talking to one person. I mean, sometimes I am because that few people I feel like watch my videos sometimes and podcasts, but it's a journey, man. And I appreciate those who are actually with me on this. Every little eyeball is, is beautiful to me. Okay. Jupiter. Jupiter is like a period within astrology. It's a 52. If you break up your day into 52 day cycles, you'll have all a bunch of planets. I think it's like seven or whatever, whatever 365 divided by 52 is. <laughs> I think it's seven. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I make myself laugh. All right. Uh, and in that, I am in Jupiter right now. Jupiter's all about growth. And I think I just crushed Jupiter. I'm about to finish Jupiter. I am done on November 4th and growth indeed, as well as my destiny card was factual as fuck for the, for this specific. It was, it was around money and, and, uh, receiving money. And it was just spot on, which was really cool. But in addition to that, just a tremendous amount of growth throughout this period, very focused, very dominant. I enjoyed, I love this part of me that just goes full tilt. And it is also like balanced too, because guess what? I'm in, I'm stuck in quarantine, not stuck in quarantine, which I don't even feel like getting into COVID and masks and all those types of things right now. But I will get into the fact that it's going to be a long winter because I can't wear masks. So I, or yeah. <laughs> so because I'm not going to wear a mask, I will not be partaking in like social activities in places like coffee shops, for example. So or elsewhere, like movie theaters, I had to just stay here and stay here a lot. So I'm going to be really gentle with myself throughout this time and making sure I am providing myself the space to make sure that I'm getting everything done I need to get done while also partaking in the forever prioritization of my mental health and then obviously like spirituality and shit like that definitely helps with the things as well. And why am I saying this all again? Oh yeah, because I wanted to transition into the movies. <laughs> okay, so The Last Dance, I've been watching, I've been watching a few series on Netflix and probably more movies than I should. But here's how I rationalize it. I am studying film every time that I watch a movie. I am studying communication. I'm studying how they choose their shots. I'm studying what they decide to keep in, what they decide to not, how do they transition from scene to scene, all types of stuff. Every time I watch a movie or a show, I feel like I'm just getting a masterclass from some of the greats. Cause like, there's a reason why they're probably at the view counts and the status that they're at. And yeah, I, so a few things. I watched The Last Dance, that was fucking phenomenal. I was blown away at how they told the story so well in a completely non-linear approach, which just told me how you super don't need to tell a story in the correct linear order. That just made me throw that idea out the, out the garbage completely that I had to tell everything in a, in a A to Z type of order. So nice voice crack. So that was exciting. Um, phenomenal story as well. I had zero idea of anything to do with Michael Jordan or the Bulls. So that was very educational on that and motivational because their standards are just fucking insane. Um, all of them. I was just blown away by it but especially people like Scotty Pippen and Phil Jackson and, and the rest of the dudes, they were just someone else. Um, what else can I say? And then I also just watched recently, it just fucking destroyed it in two days. It was beautiful because <laughs> it was that fucking good. I, I found, which was the queen's gambit. That was insanely good. Something about prodigies, something about, this, yeah, the camera, oh, the lens they chose was fucking beautiful. The color correction, oh, I just loved it. Plus, it was just motivating as fuck. And uh, yeah, I even did a blog post on that, which consider checking out if that's of interest to you. The one thing that 
the Queen's Gambit was missing, in my opinion, or what I would change about the Queen's Gambit. Just search Queen's Gambit, Josh Moxie. You will find it. So anytime I watch a movie, though, it's just like keeping my sanity because I barely see anyone. And it's like my little escape while I study. And then while I study, I am or while I escape, sometimes I'm also studying. Right. So it's it's a growth thing. It might just be a rationalization, but I just fucking love movies right now. And I have this very strong inclination to watch probably too many of them. Let's be real. But I'm not watching TV shows, thankfully. The Queen's Gambit and the. The Last Dance I only watched because they were limited series. I will only watch things that do not have multiple seasons. It's dangerous shit if you start to get into a show with multiple multiple seasons because Goodnight Jim Kite, they're gone. Or at least I'm gone because I know how obsessed I'll get. It's why I watched Queen's Gambit in two fucking days instead of probably a, a week plus is what I could have made that last realistically. But that's not how I roll. That's not how I roll. Anyways, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of this podcast. I felt like that came out infinitely better than the first version. So I'm very, very pleased about that. Quick lesson on reps, by the way, um, and multiple takes. It really, I was, I was really like concerned. I'm like, should I watch, should I do another one or should I just let it go? And I decided to do the second option, let it go, except let it go as in like, surrender to whatever could be. And then I was like, okay, let's get prepared. Let's do things a little bit differently. Let's quickly reflect on what didn't work, how I can improve. And I felt like it grew tremendously just through applying what I learned in the first first go. And it also helped knowing that Logan Paul, for example, um, in one of those videos that Hayden Hillier Smith was making, they talked about how they did multiple takes to the same joke. And that was just like, for me, a big unlock of like, I don't need to do everything in the first try. I can do multiple takes. It's okay. My life goes on. It's not that it's like false or fake or anything. It's just a different iteration. And I like this iteration a lot fucking more. So I'm glad. All right. Um, Oh my God. I forgot to talk about Thor real quick. Okay. I also, in addition to the communication part, I want to start speaking very interesting because I love speaking I already speak quite interesting, but I want to speak even more different than the rest. It's it's fascinating to me to choose different words that no one else is choosing. And for me, after watching Thor, I was like, I heard the word farewell as he said bye to Jane Foster for the first time. And I was like, it's so much better than goodbye. <laughs> so I need to like basically speak like Thor is my new life goal. <laughs> All right. Um, that's enough for me. I... Uh, hope this was entertaining. I hope this was insightful. I hope this was educational, motivational, inspirational. What I, I hope you just got value from this. I love you. I really do. I care about you. This is why I share this publicly. And it's also interesting for me as well. So it's, it's a win-win we've got going on here. If you enjoyed this enough, if you got enough value, please throw that like below. I would love to see it because it tells me that you're getting value from this. And it also helps show other people who are in the YouTube algorithm that they should watch it too if that makes sense. And it also, sorry, it tells YouTube that they should recommend it to other people who might consider watching this. So I'd really appreciate that. And if you're not uh, already subscribed, would love if you could subscribe so you get notified of everything that's going on here. I'm always trying to provide more and more long form positivity based content, whether that's through vlogs, podcasts, interviews, all types of stuff like that. 
My goal at the end of the day is always to help you evolve as I go through my own evolution. We evolve together, we get shit done. We live life on our terms happily ever after. I don't know why I just went there. But uh, again, appreciate you watching and listening. As always, my name is Josh Moxie. Live the good life, be a good human being, uh, do the right thing, and uh, focus on essentialism. And I will catch you next week. Or wait, next week, what am I saying? In the next one, goodbye. I'm so glad. I was so scared that I ran out of time. That's another thing. I'm so done with this like guessing game of I can't see if my fucking phone is recording or not. Whereas on the screen, I'll be able to see. I can't wait. I can't wait. Love you. Goodbye.